Hey guys, Coach over here from the Carbs Art, and today we're here to present another episode of Card Anthology. Continuing his narration from the Urz block is none other than John, aka Orsoft Dunn, from the channel They Said We Said. So without further delay, John, the episode is all yours. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gather around for another episode of the Card Anthology series. My name is John, or the Orzov Dunn, and I would like to invite you after this video to come and check out the They Said We Said YouTube channel, where you can find my show, The Hive Mind, where I get to interview prominent personalities in the MTG community, like The Coach. But right now, it's time to talk about a legacy. Urza's legacy, to be precise. Released on February 15th, 1999, Urza's Legacy is the second set and small expansion following the very controversial Urza's Saga. This set was codenamed Guacamole and had a hammer representing the set's expansion symbol. The design team was carried over from the previous set and consisted of lead designer Mike Elliott, Bill Rose, and Mark Rosewater. Unlike the previous set, Richard Garfield did not receive a designer credit. The development team was again the five members that made up the entire R&D at the time, which was the lead developer for the set, Henry Stern, Mike Elliott, Bill Rose, Mark Rosewater, and William Jockish. The story picks up with Urza, the most powerful artificer planeswalker in the multiverse. Needing a tremendous amount of energy to reignite his power stone, what would be the catalyst in the creation of the skyship Weatherlight, and thus battle the ongoing invasion of the Phyrexians. However, Urza makes the tough decision to collapse the entire plane of Sarah's realm to obtain such energy. Sounds like a swell guy to me. The story had a companion novel named Time Streams, which Mark Rosewater has stated is his favorite MTG novel written. This set marked the first time that Basic Lands had a colored text box in reference to the colored mana they would produce. The set contained 143 cards in total, 55 commons, 45 uncommons, and 44 rares. There was also another major first introduced in this set, and that was the debut of premium cards, or more commonly known as foils. Urza's Legacy had no new name mechanics, just the two returning from Urza's Saga, Cycling and Echo. It also saw the return of unnamed mechanics, the Free Spells, Growing Enchantments, and Sleeping Enchantments. As seen on the cards, Hidden Gibbons, Lurking Scourge, and Opal Avenger. Three new creature types were introduced. Carriers, which had a cycle all to itself, were Phyrexian creatures that you could sacrifice to give another creature minus N minus N, which was equal to the carrier's creature's power and toughness, the most famous of these being Phyrexian Plague Lord. The second new creature type was Beebles. Mark Rosewater at the time was the editor-in-chief of the Duelist magazine, 
and he asked well-known magic artist Jeff Myricola to feature a picture of the weather-like goblin cabin boy Squee for the cover of the magazine. Well, Jeff did just that, and he depicted Squee covered in little pink gremlin-like creatures. Morrow enjoyed them so much, he added the Beeble creature type to the game, and thus the card Bouncing Beebles was created. Beebles would not be featured in any future Black Border Magic set. However, they did find a welcome home in silver-bordered sets such as Unglued and Unhinged. The third new creature type, Sponge. Uh, enjoy the picture of Walking Sponge. That is all. There was a mirrored pair cycle as shown on the cards Defender of Chaos and Defender of Law. Probably the most popular of the cycles were the first incarnation of the creature or Manlands. This cycle was made up of the cards Forbidden Watchtower, Fairy Conclave, Spawning Pool, Gitu Encampment, and Treetop Village. All of these lands saw some amount of high-level tournament play, with Treetop Village being the clear ace in this cycle. Let's jump into some other notable cards from the set. Avalanche Rider, one of the most aggressive creatures ever printed with Echo, was the first published Magic Invitational winner card made from the likeness of Darwin Castle, who would win the tournament in Rio, Brazil, despite being extremely ill at the time. Crop Rotation, an instant that would allow you to pay only a single green and sacrifice any land, so you can search your library for any land and put it directly onto the battlefield. Was anyone paying attention to the fact that the Tolarian Academy was in standard at the time? Jeez, wizards! Palancron, another free spell creature which is still played today as the key piece in high tide decks. Defense Grid, which would make it very difficult for your opponent to play spells on your turn, essentially turning off counter magic. Deranged Hermit, another Morrow favorite due to the fact that it could produce a large population of squirrels. And speaking of the cute, cuddly woodland creatures, check out that Might of Oaks art. Adorable, I meant abominable. Let's move on. Engineered Plague, an answer to tribal weenie decks, designers later would admit way too harsh, especially how efficiently they shut down tribal goblin decks. And speaking of goblins, this was the debut of the ever-popular Goblin Welder, which is a staple in legacy and vintage formats. Grim Monolith, which was meant to be an updated version of Alpha's Basalt Monolith, quickly received a bad reputation because of its pairing with the Voltaic Key to generate copious amounts of mana early on in the game. This set included powerful one-casting-cost cards such as Mother of Ruins, an absolute limited bomb, and Rancor, arguably the most powerful aura ever printed due to its recursive nature. It has been played in standard every time it's been legal. Not to mention, this card is one of the main cogs for the modern deck, Bogles. Tinker was quickly restricted in Vintage because it allowed you to tutor for any artifact in your deck. There were three cards reprinted for the first time from the Portal series. Blessed Revival, 
which debuted back from the original Portal set, while Lava Axe and Lone Wolf saw their reprints from Portal Second Age. Defense of the Heart, an extremely powerful commander card, allows you to sacrifice it if one of your opponents has more than three creatures. To search your library for any two creature cards and put them directly onto the battlefield. Delusions of Mediocrity was a color pie bending enchantment that was meant to be a watered-down version of the Ice Age card Delusions of Grandeur. Karmic Guide, another staple in Commander Reanimator strategies, she is popular for her enter the battlefield trigger of bringing back a friend from your graveyard directly onto the battlefield. Multani Morrow Sorcerer, or Super Morrow, has power and toughness equal to the cards in all players' hands, and oh yeah, he has Shroud. No Mercy, the ultimate rattlesnake card, would destroy a creature if it dealt damage to you. Planar Collapse, which depicted the fateful moment when Urza destroyed Sarah's realm with her angel still in it, and he's the hero of this story? Snap, a free spell that is very heavily played in the popper format. Okay, fine. How can I talk about notable cards without mentioning Memory Jar? The very first card to ever be banned by the DCI Players Organization before it was proven to be broken in tournament play. So now let's take a quick minute and talk about Urza's legacy effect on the Pro Tour. Pro Tour New York was the first Pro Tour to feature Urza's legacy. A block-constructed format, which has been discontinued, the tournament was won by Casey McCarroll, who defeated Sean Keller in the finals. Both players playing nearly identical decks based around generating huge amounts of mana quickly to play giant spells. A sealed booster box of Urza's Legacy is around $700. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that is all you need to know about the set Urza's Legacy. What a set. I want to thank Coach once again for letting me bring this information to you on the Card Anthology. And please come check me out, the Urza've Done, on the They Said We Said YouTube channel. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time for Urza's Destiny. So that is all we have today for this episode of Card Anthology. I'd like to thank John from They Said We Said. Make sure you subscribe to his channel when you are done with this video. You can follow us on our Facebook and our Twitter pages and on the Amino app by clicking on the links below. And make sure you leave a comment so that way you can tell us what you liked and didn't like about this episode of Card Anthology. Make sure you check out Nizahone Magic for his top 10 over Urza's Legacy. His video will be released this coming Friday. Our next episode will be over Classic 6 Edition, so be on the lookout for that episode in the future. Thank you guys for the continued support. This is Coach signing out, and we will see you guys next time at the Card Bazaar.